Good morning. Good morning. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. I love that passage. It's, um, it's a thing to think about people who, you know, if you're wearing sandals and you're traversing mountains to bring good news, your feet, when you show up, aren't actually beautiful. But the speaker who says, when I see the, the wear on your feet and the burden that you bore to bring me the message that I'm receiving, your feet are beautiful in my eyes because I see the price you paid to bring me this news. And so it's an incredible expression in Isaiah, and it's one that we often take for granted. Uh, beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. This morning, I'm going to tell you a number of stories number of stories. I've been reading a book lately about uh, a preacher and his experiences uh, re- recruiting people to be missionaries. And, and I want to tell you his story. I'm not going to tell you his name uh, until the end. I'll tell you at the end. Uh, and the reason I'm not going to tell you his name is, is that towards the end of his ministry, he kind of got caught up in a few controversies. And if I tell you his name now, you'll probably know his name and you'll know some of the controversies. And it will taint the stories by what you've heard about him. And so I'm going to give you the story so you can take them at face value. Um, And then at the end, I'll tell you who the preacher was and you can kind of see if it it affects anything or not. Um, But as the story begins, and and he'd been a preacher for many years and he was well known, well respected, uh, preached to huge crowds uh, and and just really was a big event anytime he would go and preach. Uh, But towards the end of his ministry, he got to a point that he was really ready for the next phase. And he was out to lunch with a wealthy couple that he'd been very close with for a long time, big supporters of him and his ministry. And he started telling them that he really felt like he was ready for the next phase of his ministry. And so what does that look like? And he told them, what I I really want to do is recruit other people to be missionaries. I want to go become a missionary recruiter. And they said, well, if money wasn't an object, what would that look like? So what it would mean is I would just go everywhere and try and talk to people about becoming missionaries. And I would just recruit them to tell people about Jesus. And what would you train them? And he says, yeah, here's the training. Here's the whole method. He says, I would tell them uh, God has a message that the world needs to hear. And the world has ears that need to hear it, but there's a gap between the message and the ears. Missionaries do everything in their power to bridge that gap. Now go do it. That's the training. It happens over coffee or a lunch break. That's the training, and I want to recruit missionaries to do this work. And this husband and wife look at each other, and they nod, and the wife says, You're hired what? Open a bank account, set up your organization, we're going to fill it up, go recruit missionaries. And so he wraps up what he'd been doing, ties up the ends of of that phase of his ministry and begins this new phase. And, And from then on, what he's doing is he's traveling around and he's trying to recruit people to bridge the gap between God's message and the ears of the world. And he starts with who he thinks are going to be the easiest people to talk into doing this. And he flies over to one of the Christian colleges and he arranges a meeting with all of their Bible majors and future ministers and youth ministers. And and he goes and he meets with them and he offers them food because that's what gets college students to show up. And he's got this meeting 
And he gets there and he knows there's about 50 men and women who are part of this program and he invites them to come and hear his presentation and to recruit them to be missionaries and about half of them show up. The other half had other things going on. And he starts talking to them and he gives them his vision and they start having just the most interesting conversations. But as he's listening to them, he realizes that several of them are talking about they want to go into youth ministry. And they want to build programs, and they want to raise up the next generation of kids. And he says, great, but what about the world in their, their ears and their need to hear? And they're like, yeah, that's what we're going to do with kids and teens. And he's just having this hard time connecting with them and the idea of actually doing missionary work. And he talks to some of the other Bible majors and the ones that want to be preachers, and, and they're talking about the jobs that they eventually want, and they're talking about resources and methodologies and theories. And the conversation is incredibly interesting but they don't actually seem to be interested in being missionaries. At the end of the night, they eventually leave, and he's just disappointed. He thought that he would leave here with this group of, of students and future ministers on fire to tell the world about Jesus, and instead, they just went back to go finish whatever they were going to do anyways. They certainly had a future in ministry, but he wasn't sure that they had anything to do with telling people about what God needed them to hear. He was so disappointed. And he gets back to his hotel, and he gets his computer, and he goes down to the hotel lobby where there's kind of a restaurant bar area, and he's sending an email to his leadership group. And he's telling them, I spent my whole evening with, with Bible majors and future ministers, and they just didn't hear what I was saying. And he's a preacher, so it's, it's this long email, and he's writing it, and as he's writing it, he keeps looking up, and he sees this woman that's sitting over at the bar. And she's having a bad day. And it's easy to see she's having a bad day. And at some point, he becomes convicted that he needs to go talk to her, because every time she looks at her phone, she thumps away at her phone, and she sets it down, and she's even more upset, even more distraught. And he puts his computer away, and he walks over, and he says, you mind if I sit with you for a minute? I like listening to people's stories. And it looks like you've got one. And this woman says, yeah, I've got a story. And she says, yeah, you sit down, sit down. If you want to listen, I'll tell you what's going on in my life. And she starts to tell him about how uh, she and her boyfriend are breaking up. And she's moving out because he wants to keep the, the apartment that they'd been living in. And he says, if you want to leave, you can leave, but you got to get out of here. And that's what happened a few hours earlier that led to her being at the hotel. And so she's down here at the bar, and she tells him, and this isn't even the beginning of it. This is just the last relationship. There have been so many others, and she tells him about marriages and boyfriends, about abuses and affairs, about all kinds of betrayals, some hers and some theirs, about all the hurt that has been a part of her life that has led to her being here in this moment. And the, the recruiter is just sitting there, and he listens. And he listens. She finally winds her story down of all of these horrible relationships. And he says, I tell you what, I know a man you need to meet. And she says, you clearly haven't been paying attention. The last thing I need is to meet a man. I don't want any, you said you were a good listener. You obviously haven't been paying attention at all. He said, no, I've been paying attention. I want to tell you about Jesus. And she laughs. 
She laughs. She laughs at him. And she says, Jesus, huh? so this whole time you were listening to me and I thought you cared about me and it was all a setup so that when you got to the end of it and I finished, you could tell me about how if I just have a relationship with Jesus, it'll fix all these problems. He knows he needs to pick his next words carefully. And he says, I didn't come over here to tell you about Jesus. I came over here because I was hoping that you would tell people about Jesus. And she laughs again. She says, what? He says, I think that you are an incredible storyteller and that you could tell people about Jesus. And she starts laughing. She says, all right, let's see how this goes. She pulls out her phone. She turns on her video camera, and suddenly he realizes that he's streaming online with her at a hotel bar. And he thinks, oh, this is a great way for me to raise money for my new ministry, me and this woman that I don't know at the hotel bar live on the Internet. What could go wrong? So he arranges their drinks clearly so that everyone sees he's the water and she's her drink. And, and so here she is. She's on streaming, and other, her friends start popping on and commenting. You know, hey, how's it going? What's going on? And she's laughing, and she says, hey, I've got to tell you guys what's going on right now. I'm sitting here at the bar talking to this guy who wants me to become a missionary and tell people about Jesus. And he can kind of see the comments. They're, they're laughing, and they're making jokes, and it's clear that some of their jokes are poking fun at her and her past and how unqualified she is from all the different stories they know to do this. And part of their comments are poking fun at this recruiter guy, making fun of the Christian at the bar, and part of them are just making fun of Jesus and Christians in general. And this goes on for a couple minutes, and he's just thinking, what in the world have I gotten myself into? When one of them says, hey, while he's there, ask him this, and ask an actual question about Jesus. And this woman that has been sitting here looks at the guy and he says, hey, one of my friends wants to know and ask him a question. And he says, well, that's a tough question. And he answers it. He says, here's my best attempt to answer it. So she fires, you know, explains that answer over there. And then another one of them says, oh, I've got a question too. And slowly the joking and the sarcasm and the skepticism start turning into interested, curious questions. And some of the jokes continue and people drop off. But by the end of this streaming video, five of them have agreed to have coffee and talk about some of this the next morning at the hotel. And so they come together and they have this coffee and they're asking questions and he's giving answers. And, and the woman who's there is also participating in the conversation and telling part of her story. And by the end of this coffee, all five of the women who are there leave with some level of belief that they didn't come to that coffee with that morning. And he just, he's on the plane later that day and he's thinking, I go to these future preachers and missionaries and youth ministers and I, I talk to them and they've got all their programs and all their resources and they're interesting but they're not interested in bridging the gap between the word of God that he needs the world to hear and the ears of the world that need to hear it. 
And he keeps experiencing this over and over again in his attempts to recruit missionaries. He goes to churches, and they're wonderful churches filled with good people who love Jesus and want to learn more about him. And they're welcoming and they're kind. And he goes to these churches and he says, I want to recruit missionaries that will go into the world and tell the world what God needs them to hear. And they clap and they support his ministry. They write him checks. His ministry's thriving. But he has over and over again, an incredibly difficult time talking ministers and deacons and Bible class teachers into leaving the comfort of their church buildings and their houses to actually go tell the world what God needs them to hear. On another occasion, the missionary recruiter's at a coffee shop and he's got a little outdoor seating area and so he's sitting outside, he's drinking his coffee, He's reading his Bible. A homeless guy walks up. He walks up and he says, can I have a a dollar or two to go buy a cup of coffee? And the guy says, I like stories. And I'll trade you a cup of coffee and anything else that you'd like to eat on the menu in exchange for your story. Pull up a chair. The guy pulls up a chair, sits down, and they start talking. And the guy's got stories. He says, I, I used to have family. I guess I still do. I haven't talked to him in years. I used to have a job. This is the job that I had. And my life was, was really going well. But a series of events that began with some mental illness and some depression uh, led to addiction. And one thing led to another. And relationships got broken. And people rejected me. And then it led me to the bottom of the barrel, the bottom of the pit. And as I was there, what I realized Uh, is that I was all alone and there was nothing left of who I used to be. And it was at that point that I came across uh, a Christian homeless shelter. And I went in there and and they had a program and I started working their program. And as I learned more about Jesus and I learned more about what that meant for my life, what I found is that my life started getting put back together, that I became more of a whole person. And so I'm doing it and it's not always going great, but it's better than it used to be. At some point, he looks over at the recruiter and he says, so what, what do you do? He says, I recruit missionaries to tell people what God needs them to hear. And he says, and I've been listening to your story, and I think you would be one of the best storytellers to tell the Jesus story of anyone I've met in weeks. The guy sits there and he just... He doesn't answer for a minute. And he finally says, okay, okay, I'm in. What's it take? Do I go to your school? Do I go through training? Do I go to a program? What what do I have to do? And the guy says, okay, here's the whole training. I can give it to you in one minute. God has a message that the world needs to hear, and the the world has ears to hear it. Do everything you can every day to bridge that gap. You're hired. See, he's learned a few things along the way. You're hired. He says, so what? I just start go telling people about Jesus? He says, right, that's right. You just go to the people that you know and you tell them what God has done for you. He says, go do this for three days. Come back here in three days. We'll meet here at this coffee shop. I'll buy you another cup of coffee and, and breakfast. And I want to hear your stories. So they agree to do that. Three days later, they come back. As the missionary recruiter walks up to the table, this guy's already sitting there. He's sitting there and he's waiting with the biggest smile on his face. He says, 
how's it, how's it been? He says, unbelievable, unbelievable. Everywhere I go, I tell people what God has done for me, and they want to hear more about it. He says, in, in the last three days, I've gone to 10 different camps of homeless people, and I've told them what God has done for me, and I've got about a dozen people that are going to meet me this Sunday, and we're going to go to church. I've got to figure out which church we're going to, but we're going to meet, we're going to go to church. We're going to figure it out. He says, this is the most excited I've ever been. I've got a purpose like I haven't had in years. I can feel God using me, and I feel important in ways that I, I it's unbelievable. He tells another story about an occasion that he was at a wealthy church and he got there one morning and everyone's pulling their, their nice cars into the building. And uh, it's a really big church. He wasn't invited to be a guest speaker for the, the whole congregation, but he's speaking at one of the Bible classes. And it's a Bible class of about 80 people, so it might as well be a whole, whole church. And he goes in, he's, he's talking to this Bible class. And, and as the class kind of begins, there's a woman who is sitting there who looks like she does not belong. And she looks like she doesn't belong because she's, she's dressed like a prostitute. And she's sitting in, uh, up against the wall, and not only is she dressed like that, but she is filthy. I mean, she's just covered in dirt. I mean, from her, from her fingertips to her elbows, her knees are dirty. And, and if you can catch her face, he doesn't get many opportunities to see her because she's really just staring at her feet the whole time she's there. No one's talking to her. It's clear that they don't think she should be there, and she's kind of convinced of that too. But she's looking at her feet, and, and when she looks up, the dirt on her cheeks has rivers of tears that have just put streaks all over it. And he teaches his class. And he tells them about bridging the gap. And he tells them that, that what I'm trying to do is I'm not even trying to tell people about Jesus anymore. I'm trying to get other people to tell people about Jesus. At the end of the class, the class applauds his, his message. They thank him. They even take up a collection. He gets a few thousand dollars from this class that are going to support his ministry. Uh, and, and then they all go off to worship. But this woman sits here. And he walks up to this woman and he says, I've got a feeling this might be your first time here. And I love hearing people's stories. And he sits down and she tells him, she says, I am a, I'm a prostitute. And yesterday I was out working and a woman walked by me. I never met this woman before, don't know her name now. This woman walks up and she looks at me and she says, Jesus loves you so much. And he thinks you are so valuable that you're more valuable than any amount of money. So that was yesterday. And those two things, Jesus loves you so much and he thinks you're more valuable than any amount of money. I can't quit hearing them echo in my head over and over and over again. And this woman gave me a hug, and she went on uh, to do whatever else she was going to do with her life. I don't know. But I can't quit thinking about those two sentences. They're echoing in my head. And the more I hear them, the more those things seem to be undoing so many other people telling me that I am worthless and unlovable and not an important person at all and that I don't matter. And those two sentences are undoing all these lies I've been told. 
And so I was walking all night, and I'm crying all night, and I'm trying to figure out what's next, and I see this church. And so in the middle of the night, I come up to this building, and, and, and I'm just I'm talking to God, and I'm saying, God, I don't know who you are or what this means, but if this is true that Jesus loves me and thinks I have value, then I need to figure out what this is about. I've got to get the echo of those sentences out of my head somehow. And as she's walking around the building, she eventually notices that the flower beds of this nice church have not been taken care of in a while. And so in the middle of the night, she gets down and she starts pulling weeds. And she notices that some of the flowers have died and others are doing well. And she actually starts, just with her hands, moving these flowers to other parts of the garden to where they're spaced out better. She's pulling the dead flowers out, and she's putting the ones that are spaced well. She finds uh, a knife that's somewhere, and, and so she's able to start actually with a knife trimming the bushes. So by the time the church opens in the morning, she looks down and she realizes that not only is she not dressed for church, but she's filthy, but she's committed to going in and finding out if what they say about this Jesus is true, that he loves her and that she has value. She goes to this class, and she said, I sat in your class, and you're telling me about Jesus. And he says to her, what that woman told you is true, but there's something else you need to know. I think you need to be the kind of person who tells people your story and the Jesus story. I think you should be a missionary. I think you should bridge the gap between what God needs the world to hear and the ears that the world has that needs to hear it. None of these people in this room today had any interest in actually telling their neighbor about Jesus, but I think you could tell people this story, what you've just told me, and it'll change their life the way this story has already changed your life. She's been telling the story ever since to anyone who will listen. And it's incredible how many people have actually listened to that story. Oh, a missionary recruiter has over the years learned so much about who is willing to tell the story. And when he goes to religious schools and churches and the people that know so much about the Word of God, uh, he says in all the years that he's done it, there's really only been one religious scholar, one person who's the Bible major, who really has studied the Word of God, who he's been able to, to, to get to be a real, true, down-in-the-dirt missionary. Only one. He says, if you want to know the trick about getting that guy to be a missionary, it was this. I had to make him unlearn everything he thought he knew. And it was only after he unlearned every single thing that he thought he knew that I was able to send him out to the streets to tell people about Jesus and who he was in a way that people were willing to listen to. You know who the preacher, the missionary recruiter was? Have any of you seen through my little ruse and a few liberties I've taken in the stories? It's Jesus. These are all Jesus stories. I didn't tell you his name because he caught up, got caught up in a little controversy towards the end of his ministry. Everyone got mad at him for the things he was saying and the people he was hanging out with and turning into missionaries. And because of that, they put him on a cross. Because he kept turning the woman at the bar, the homeless guy, 
the woman who used to be a prostitute, into missionaries, and the people at church kept not understanding what he was talking about. That's what got him crucified. A little controversial. And if you look at the stories, while I took a few liberties with the details and modernized them clearly, what you might hear is that the woman at the bar with all the relationships starts to sound a lot like the Samaritan woman at the well. And the homeless man who came uh, to Jesus at the coffee shop starts to sound a lot like the man who was possessed by demons, Legion, who was told to go to the ten cities and tell them all that God had done for him. And the prostitute in the midst of the religious people who cried so much and got on her knees and did the dirty work of serving Jesus and washing his feet is Mary Magdalene. The prostitute who was told for the first time that God loves you and you are of incredible and immeasurable value. And she understood the real value of everything else as a result of that. The religious scholar, of course, is Paul, who knew everything until Jesus told him that he knew nothing. And it was only then that he realized that he had something to say to a world that needed to hear what God needed them to hear. You see, we buy into this lie. We buy into this lie, and that's what it is, that only the most trained, educated, skilled, gifted, paid-to-do-it professional Christians are the ones that can do missionary work. And the problem is that Jesus never actually had much success recruiting those people to tell his story. And that it's the normal and broken people who over and over again were able to bridge the gap between God's words and the world's ears. And so my goal today is not to tell you about Jesus, but my goal today is to hopefully convict you to tell someone else about Jesus yourself. You see, God is always looking for regular people to tell the most incredible story. And the voices that have been able to proclaim it the best and the loudest and with the most passion and success in all of church history have often been the ones who had the least training and the least, were least expected to be the voices that presented it to the world. And the world was very interested in every story that they told. Next week, I mentioned that we're going to be starting our March for Missions campaign, and we're doing it with, with Jake and Stacy Jarrell. And the story that they're going to be telling you uh, is one where Jake was a missionary, uh, he was a youth minister for about 12 years at different churches. And, and the thing that he found was the one thing that really lit kids on fire was taking them to another country and letting them tell other people about Jesus. It was more powerful in raising them up into being disciples of Jesus than anything else he did. And he said, how why aren't we doing more of this? And at the same time, his wife Stacy felt that, that in their faith walk with God, that they were so often just going through the motions. And she was praying to God, God, show us what this is really all about. And without giving you too much of their story, they ended up almost by accident or God's providence, being in a class that was telling them how to share their faith and tell their story. And they started actually telling their friends and their family and strangers about Jesus. And this youth minister's family's world was turned upside down when they started actually talking to strangers about Jesus. Today, two years later, they're missionaries in Madrid, Spain. 
And their goal is not while they're over there to tell people about Jesus. Their goal is to get a whole movement of people in Madrid, Spain, who are telling others about Jesus. They don't want to build a church. They want to start a movement of people who are bridging the gap between God's message and the world's ears by getting normal people to tell their story of what God has done for them. I'll leave the rest for next week. But I'll give you this this week. If God has given you anything, if you have received any blessing in Jesus Christ, if the Spirit has produced anything in you, then know this, that you are qualified to tell anybody and everybody about who God, Jesus, and the Spirit are and what difference they've made in your life and what difference they can make in their lives. And it's not about you. It's about God. And the more you realize that, the easier it is to tell someone, I'd like to hear your story if you'll just listen to mine. If you need to give your story and your life to Jesus Christ so that you can begin telling other people about all that God's done for you, if you need to do that this morning, please come forward as we stand and worship together.